<laughs> okay, and we are live for another episode of This Uncanny Earth. We are on episode 40 this week. This is the pre show for the paranormal, the supernatural, the esoteric, and everything else in between. Tonight, we have a very special guest. But before we get into special guests, a person who is not so special or a guest, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Spider is with us as always. Of course. I mean, sometimes I'm special and sometimes, I'm, <laughs> you know, sometimes I've got everything together. So, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, pardon me for that, like, five second <clears throat> in between of us talking and the theme song ending. I hit the wrong button and did not unmute us fast enough but that's fine the technical guy here he's technical he's still guy. getting used to the still board and everything he he's got to be in charge so he wants to be in charge ah, of all the guy, buttons this guy this, this is where the <laughs> dissension happens this is it that's right after this episode there's tell-all books flying everywhere publications everything TMZ's i know i gotta get that fake news around. rolling gotta get that money in your pocket i understand <laughs> hey we're broke we times are tough it's a great depression for us all so tonight, we have a very, very special guest. You may have seen her in such movies as The Evil Down the Street, the upcoming The Crumbs, and I believe a short film called NY State of Mind. Ladies and gentlemen, as we give her the 15-second applause. Oh, the big one. Oh, man. Yeah, you got to give her the big one. Elena right. Gerard, ladies and gentlemen. Hey! <laughs> welcome, welcome. Hey, guys. Hello. Good to have you on the show, Ed. Definitely yes. good to have you on the show. Um, as uh, as some people might know, is um, we had uh, we've had Craig Aaron's on the show, mm-hmm. connected with the Evil Down the Street. He was a writer and all that other stuff, and was in it. But you actually are featured in a a pretty prominent role in the movie. Yes, um, I play the crazy demonic possessed wife who drinks a lot of alcohol <laughs> not too far from the truth in real life <laughs> hey you know some the old some roles are easy to slide into and some aren't <laughs> um yeah. so yeah so and and the thing is it's been like a trifecta here so this week She's our guest, and then next week David Espinosa is our guest. So it's, it's like we're gonna end up having Ooh. the whole cast on here sooner rather yeah. than later. I've noticed. Um, that's the mission. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, that's the end game. And, end and the game. girl. That's right. Yeah, got to have the two That'd sisters cool. and the even the guy that was kind of like the uh, the clumsy um, mover at the beginning. Michael. Yes. Yeah. yeah, get him on and. Just have the whole cast on here. Well, actually, we'll, have, we'll do a whole show where you guys reenact the movie on the radio. There we go. Back we'll, do that. we'll give you that old-timey music. <laughs> People can sit around and stare at the radio like it's a TV. Wow. There you go. There we'll just is. press the rewind button. I'm going to have to go over script again, but <laughs> I'll just read it out loud. So your uh, – Tell us what was your what was your first foray into acting, and what made you want to pursue that as a career option? Uh, you know, so what happened was I was I went to one of those scam thingamabobs, um, like the <laughs> modeling. You know, they say they're oh, it's they're modeling and. Yep. It's at a hotel, and they're going to take pictures of you, and it costs, like, millions of dollars to do it. Mm. So I went to one of those and um, with my 
with my friend at the time. And uh, I, you know, I always wanted to, I've always wanted to do this as a kid, but, you know, life got in the way and, and I became a mommy. So uh, direction kind of went a different direction. And so it kind of sparked my interest. And I was, uh, I had, after that, after the modeling event, which they couldn't take my money because my credit card couldn't work. Thank God. <laughs> and I started looking into classes. And I found this class. It was Carolyn DeVore. She was the only one that was doing classes um, in Fresno. And about a week into class, I did an audition, which was for the job interview. Um, the director is Ernest Serrato. Uh, he's the one that's changing it to New York State of Mind, the short film. Mm. And I actually didn't get that role at first. It's kind of like a funny story. Um, cause I went in there cause you know, Carolyn had sent me an email and she said that they wanted this Italian, um, speaking woman, you know, from like New York or whatever. So I went in there, <laughs> I went, I went in there talking like, can I get a pizza? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Throwing on the accent. Like, hey, hey forget about, yeah. about it. A pizza. I'm I'm like, can, I, can I get a pizza? You know? And, <laughs> And it was just, it was really funny. And Ernest Lappy's like, no, not that kind of Italian. <laughs> He's like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of Bronxy Italian. And I'm like, well, I don't can't, I can't do that. And uh, so I didn't get the part. And I saw him at a premiere that I had gone to. And I said hello to him again. And that night he ended up calling me and telling me that the actress, the lead actress for that film dropped out and his wife was Michelle. I love her to death. We're like, we're such good friends now. And she hounded him with like, I want Elena. Like I want Elena in this. So that's how it all started. Nice. So, with, so you kind of had like a voice on the inside almost. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was my little inner little girl who, I mean, wanted to be a, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be a horseback rider. I wanted to be a gymnast. Mm. Um, you know, but, you know, coming from a lower middle class family, my dad really couldn't put me in in anything because we couldn't afford it. Mm. So, I, you know, I used a lot of my imagination. <laughs> I had to. Um how did you uh, how did you get in touch with uh, with David and, and and Craig Aarons and all those folks about uh, the evil down the street? So, I'm I'm in the industry or I'm learning, right? I'm just I'm like mm. I said, I'm barely getting into this industry. I'm, I'm I'm taking classes and and then I meet um my manager now, KP, and I start taking classes with him. And I'm still learning about, I got on to LA casting and I'm, I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. I mean, there's like so much to know. And I don't know if, I don't think I even submitted for the film. Um, but I got an email from Craig and I'm emailing him back and forth. Cause he's like, yeah, we're interested in, in, you know, in you and da, 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 do an audition. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, so I do an audition and, and 
and then uh and then so david calls me and he's like okay well we want to redirect it you know we want you to play it this way do the same you know do the same scene just play it in a different way and i was like okay so i did it that way and then i started i'm like what i'm like i'm doing all this and i don't even know what i'm doing and so I search up Craig Aaron's and I'm messaging Craig back and forth, right? Like he's like my homie G for life. Mm. <laughs> like I've known him forever. And I Google him and I'm like, holy crap, that's Craig Aaron's. Like Craig, <laughs> that's Craig Aaron's. So my next email took me probably about half an hour to write two sentences because I was just like starstruck mm. and you know what I mean? And I was like, gosh, dang it. I should have never Googled him. You know, <laughs> now, now I'm like, now I'm, I'm figuring out this is kind of a, you know, a big deal. And that's just kind of where it started. And David was like, you know, um, they, you know, they tell me to this day that because of my redirect, you know, I mean, they could, they could definitely tell that I wasn't a seasoned actress because I was a year into the industry. Um, but I had potential and I could take direction, which they really mm. liked. <laughs> I mean, that's important too, because you still hear a bunch of horror stories from people who have been in for a long time who get this, that, uh, that prima donna status where they're like, I'm the rock star. You're going to do what I want. Or the movie scrap <clears throat> like Christian Bale, when that guy walked through and he had that famous meltdown that was on YouTube and everything. So, oh, I mean, that was the God thing. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, you can imagine. I can imagine that finding somebody who's who's fresh into it, but who can take like, "Hey, can you try this scene this way or try this?" That's probably a really sought after thing for for uh, for somebody like David. Yeah, you know, um, since I've been in the industry, that's I think that's one of the the things I've heard most from directors. It, the most important thing is if you can just listen and take direction. They're like, you know, it's, you're the actress. There's, you know, they are the director. You have to portray their vision, not mm. yours, but theirs, you know? And so that's kind of, and plus I played softball all my life and mm. I've had coaches. So, you know what I mean? I, I know, you know, when, yeah. they, when they tell me I need to bun or hit the ball. So right. run or do 10 push-ups. <laughs> At the same time, it's probably, I mean, a, a good director is going to know that the, the actor and the actress in their movie are really going to make the movie. So to get their vision seen, they have to make sure that they're not like, hey, you're doing awful, you're garbage, you're crap, do my scene this way or you're fired. I mean, that attitude doesn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> well, with some, well, it, with every actor, it's different. You know, um, be, I think because I, I played sports, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I need that kick in the ass. So there was, mm -hmm. there was some times, and David knows that and there were some times where he was like, you know, get your head out of your ass. Da -da 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 -da. And, <laughs> and everybody on set was like, what the, you know, like what is going yes. on? But all that did for me was pump me up. You know, it just mm -hmm. made my adrenaline go and I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going to do this. Let's do it. It's, you know, no time for crying. Mm. Just get it done. 
and it probably helps that you played sports because this way you know it's a team thing and not just because you like like we just talked about you get so many actors or actresses that get this kind of big head and they're like well i'm the star role and it's all about me and i'll be in my dressing room the rest of you plebes can sit here and and do all these other scenes you can call me when you're ready matter of fact i don't want any of you in the same space i don't want anybody breathing on me <laughs> if anybody's wearing a polka dot yeah. shirt get them out of here <laughs> Um, and, You're fired. And I don't seemed, like polka dots. And it seems fired. like in the in the in the Evil Down the Street, you had great chemistry with your cast, with your castmates, um, Kelton Jones, and then your two daughters, or your two daughters in the movie, obviously, um, and Father Bob especially. Like there was a kind of a dynamic there, and and I told David. Uh, I said, man, if you ever do a, a Father Bob origin story, that'd be fantastic because I, I would like to have known the history behind that, yeah. that that little rift there because there's something going on there and maybe that's just for the audience to kind of ponder and and maybe we'll see something maybe we won't but uh, I think it's important that in in especially in indie films where you know a lot of times actors and extras are still trying to make a name for themselves they're still trying to put themselves out there because it's not like a big you know Hollywood where hey oh there's so and so there's so and so ha you get mobbed in the street um and so I think like a lot of times with indie folks, they have to work harder and nobody likes that person. That's just not a team player. If you're not a team player and you have that prima donna attitude and you're just like, it's all about me. It's not going to end well for the movie because people are going to see through it. Like, Oh, she's a terrible actor. She just tried to make the movie about her and not so much about the, the whole thing and the complexity of the family and everything else. And I also think that it, it will tarnish your reputation. If people know that you're a hard person to deal with or a hard person to uh, to kind of direct, then I think they're also quick to say, you know what, no, we're not going to cast her. we got somebody over here that's going to work just as hard, but they're also not going to be trying to put throw everybody under the bus. They're going to gel well with other castmates. And I think you proved that well with the evil down the street. And I'm excited to see where the crumbs is going to go uh as well yeah you know i think it's i think it's it's really important especially you know especially when you're doing a film with a family dynamic you know there needs to be there needs to be there needs to have that feeling of of a family and the only way to do that is to you know what I mean? Is to connect with them on like an mm. emotional level. Right. Um, the two who I really, really connected with were my two daughters. Um, I mean, even off off camera, you know, it was like I was still in mommy mode. And, you know, Maddie, she would, you know, she would say something. And I'm like, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go get a tattoo. You know, I, you know, we were just in mommy mode. And, and Tara, she would come and she'd be like, hey, mom, as soon as she got on set. And I'd be like, hey, baby girl, you know, and we just we just forged that that emotional connection right from the get go. Right. And, that's and it good. was and it was beautiful. And you know what? And yeah, I don't think anybody wants to work with, you know, some pre Madonna that's just going to make it hard for everybody on set because you want some you want everything to kind of flow very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have that. When you have that dynamic, you know, because I will say this, because it was so crazy. Well, and especially with David, because, I mean, I was with David nonstop. I mean, from like, you know, we, we stayed at the same Airbnb. So after after we were done, you know, filming, 
he was helping me work on my lines for the next day, you know, getting into character. And, um, you know, he gave me like a hardcore, like ma- master class of acting, you know, of memory. Mm. Um, I forgot what it's called, but like, you know, how to go back into like memory regression, like where you go back into these emotions to, mm-hmm. to, um, authenticate that scene or that feeling. And so it was, it was hardcore, but, but back to what I was saying about, um, with the evil down the street, you know, everybody, there was such good energy and everybody was just so, you know, there, there wasn't any like prima donnas or anything like that. And it was very sad the last day, I think. And, you know, time flew by so fast. It was one minute we were filming and the next minute it felt like I was driving back home from Orange County and knocking on my door. Like I time traveled. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after that, it was, it was weird because I think it was two weeks after that. Like I kind of went into, I kind of went into a depression. And when I spoke to Craig about it too, because Craig was kind of down and I think David was, was kind of down. Everybody was down because you, you get so used to mm-hmm. this kind of like family structure for X amount of dates. And then boom, it's just, it's done. It's a wrap, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotions that, that go, that go into it, that go in it, that go out of it. Um, but it was a blessing like to seriously work with everybody, the cast and crew on the evil down the street. It really was. And it was, it was, it was good to see. So I think what I noticed, and this is the reason why I enjoyed the movie so much is how quick you were to jump from one emotional spectrum to the next. So for one minute, you're like all loving and sweet serving the breakfast. Then all of a sudden, bam, because the possession slowly taking over and, and you did a very um, excellent job at that because I've seen so many possession movies and it's zero to 60 in the matter of like a half hour, the girls <laughs> crawling on the ceiling or heads turning, you know, 950 degrees and vomit everywhere. But it was more of a subtle thing. It was little like uh, inflections in your, in, in vocal tone. And it was snapping it at people like, and you like you were sleeping in and it was just a soft progression. It wasn't like a hard punch you in the face now I got to sit through another hour and a half of them chasing this demon possessed person around. It was a nice mm-hmm. and slow build. And, uh, you know, you were, you were following your husband over to the neighbors and, and it was just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was so well done from, cause I, I, I enjoy horror movies like a good, uh, psychological thriller or, um, just a, a really good, just kind of, just kind of a nice horror ride. You know, nothing like Guts and Gore and all that. I'm not a big fan of that. But to see that done, and I haven't seen a movie like that in years. It's been a really long time. And to see it slow build, which is nice because I am so I was so sick and tired of the, you know, 10 minutes in and, and the whole family is almost dead. You know, people are dying right and left. You're like, I mean, I got another hour and 40 minutes to go on this thing here. And I'm already, I'm already tapped out. I'm ready to go ahead and call it and, and watch something else. But I think... That right there solidifies you as a good actress because I don't see that very often. And that's not me just saying that. I don't see uh, 
especially in this day and age of, of everything being fast paced and technology so fast and everybody moves so fast, a lot of times they don't take the time to build the story. So you're Pacing. just right. you're just left with this fast moving tale, but you don't get anything out of it. You don't get the sensation of okay, I would like to see a sequel made to this, or I want to know about that origin story. I want to know about what are some of these characters' backstories. No, it's just like, mm-hmm. are we done? And then they have the nerve to make a sequel, and it's even worse <laughs> than the first. One. It's like I didn't care for this one. So pacing is my is my biggest complaint about a movie. Like if the if the movie's going too fast. I just right. I lose everything because it just seems like they're squeezing so much just to squeeze it in, and you have to go so right. fast from scene to scene. But a good a good pacing with a nice soundtrack that kind of like keeps it to a, a good steady pace, right. um, it it really makes the movie for me. I I have a kind of an angry like with most movies these days because yeah. almost all of them are in that summer blockbuster. But- Pacing, run, 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 run. I mean, even the opposite is annoying, where they just build it so slow through the entire movie, then they spend the last 20 minutes of the movie trying to wrap up all these different angles, and I'm like, you need at least another hour to wrap all that up, because all you did this whole time was show the character telling a story from a book, and now I have to, like, now I, I forget who that character was, because you've introduced 15 characters, they all have different roles, and I can't zero in on who this whole mess of a disaster movie is about. Is it about her? No, it's not. It's about him. Wait, is that the second cousin to that cousin to that sister's wife's yeah. husband? So I think the I... Evil Down the Street did a good job of the pacing in that movie was was fantastic. Yeah, I think I I I think Craig and David did a beautiful job, um, you know, with this story because you have to also remember it's, it's based on true events. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what I mean? Um, so when it's based on true events, you have to show, you have to show like, you know what, I mean, it's about a family. It's about a family and a, and a mother that, that, you know, opens herself up, um, to, you know, to whatever negative energy there is out there or, a stronghold or whatever demon possession and um and in well i would say this in in real life you know if this is someone's story and this is how it happened then why would why would you change it you know what i mean you're not mm. going to change a true story to to fit other people's needs of cgi or gore or anything like that right um especially when it comes to possession, because, you know, I did a lot of research before I was, before I went into the character about, you know, um, there is actually deliverance ministries um, and, and everything is very, very subtle and it, and it comes very slow, Um, you know, because of course, if there's, you know, if there's a dark entity in, in your home or in, you know, in somebody, I mean, obviously that entity doesn't want you to know it's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, throwing up and twisting his head and contortioning everywhere. I mean, that's it's pretty obvious that <laughs> there's something highly wrong with you. <laughs> you know, so it's like, so it's like, what's wrong with mom? She's drinking. Is she drunk? Right. You know, is she, is she bipolar? Is, you know, what's going on? with it? Is she, I mean, is she hormonal? I mean, is she going through menopause? Like, what the hell is going on with mom? 
I mean, the you part, know, <laughs> the part where you were, the part where you were in the basement eating the rat, I was like, whoa, which was cool. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't, I don't think she's going through the midlife crisis at this point. I think it's just yeah, a full that long, point. Uh, but and what I liked about this movie too is it's <clears throat> it what. So what what I noticed is, and um, I I had talked to David uh, on the phone, and we had discussed some things, but um, he made a good point about it. It's it, this is so this possession is like you know you're you're becoming an alcoholic, you're becoming you know a demon, but it doesn't de- demonic possession doesn't always necessarily mean that there's an actual like. Uh, demon in terms of like you know the exorcist it can be just something as a series of events has led you to start abusing alcohol or start abusing drugs or you become uh uh, aggressive or you become a different person and Mm -hmm. i I thought that was a real good um take on it because demonic possession can be really um you know, as simple as you've lost your job and now you're taking up drinking and now that's going to start affecting everybody around you because you're slowly becoming the a person that they don't know now, now that you're becoming yeah. a different entity. And um, mm-hmm. I think you're that, unraveling. Right. Mm-hmm. And with this movie, you know, it, it, it your character did well at, at the mom being sweet and loving at the beginning and being a modest person um, in dress and in actions. And then, you know, towards the end, you're drinking, your clothes are a little less w- than what they were <laughs> in the in the previous product. I, I want to say that is, I'm, as, as, I'm uh, needing some love and attention. <laughs> right, right. I, I want to say that is, as, uh, as family friendly as possible. But like, uh, look at me, husband. <laughs> right, right, right. Check me out, neighbors. Hey, I look good, too, you know. Um <laughs> But I think that played to the character, and it was real subtle. It wasn't like it, it, you didn't just do that in the first five minutes. It was just like a real slow build, like I, like we said, pacing. Um, and so, you know, I actually have a question about that. How did it? How did the movie take you psychologically? So, like at the beginning, you're nice and sweet, and you're just, you know, a a, a woman that moves in or a, a housewife that moves in with their family and they're, and they're doing normal family things to this sort of seductress uh, being that's all of a sudden drinking all the time and she's having these emotional outbursts and eating rats in the sewer. How did that take you psychologically from, you know what I mean, step A to step to step B? And then how did you sort of decompress after all of that? Um. Well, so first, you know, first everybody, what we all had to do is we all had to create a backstory. You know, we all, we had to create a backstory, of, you know, and uh, Father Bob's backstory is is crazy, right? And so, you know, there's the there's these backstories that you know it, it's like you know why why did we move into why did we move into such a big house? We didn't need to move into such a big house. Why? You know, was it, you know, like, was it a gift? You know, what did, you know, why, why, you know, it kind of, it kind of started like that. Like, well, you know, usually when, you know, when a a man buys a woman something extravagant, it's because something has happened or, or he's trying to make up for something or whatever it may be. And um, so we all started with backstories and, 
psychologically, just going from, so I, I named them. It was, you know, it was Katie Jezebel. Jezebel was, <laughs> of course, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the seductress, um, manipulative, crazy um, person. <laughs> and then there was um, the demon of hate, um, the demon of, of just, you know, regret and resent. Um, so when I had to go into those roles, you know, of course, you have to kind of, you have to kind of step away and, and prepare yourself for, you, you know what I mean? To kind of go into that character. Mm-hmm. Um, psychologically, um, you just, it, it's really hard to explain. You just do, you know, you just go, you just go to a, I mean, we just go to a place, um, you know, like I said, I worked with David and, you know, I kind of went to, I just, I just kind of went to some crazy places in my life. <laughs> 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 I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do it. So when, and so it was kind of, you know, but um, decompressing, you know, it's definitely something that each actor needs to do, especially when, when they're doing multiple characters, because even before, even before filming, you have to prepare and you have to already start going in and out of those characters. Mm. So, um, you know, my husband kind of noticed the change a little bit. He was just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to stay away from me for a little bit, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. I would be running lines in my head and I would be, you know, working on, on these emotions. And he's just like, dude, let's <laughs> <laughs> go film already. <laughs> You're freaking me out. <laughs> but, yeah, well, psychologically, you just have to, you just have to really – you just have to really embody, um, just embody that that you know that spirit hmm. for the time being. But you have to make sure, um, you have to make sure that you kind of you get you get out of it real quick. Because if you hmm. don't, you can, I think you can easily, um, you know, you can easily destroy yourself if you don't get out of character, like hmm. Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was just going to say, like Heath Ledger, and it, it's amazing because he he getting into a role like that and taking it to almost the def- the definitive version of that role, and really getting into it. And and he wasn't known for for roles like that. He was known early on, of course, for for you know the teen romance movies, and then he was in Brokeback Mountain, which is obviously a romance and, and a bunch of different things. He wasn't known for those really intense roles, so if you didn't know it, you almost wouldn't know it was him. It had that much of an effect mm-hmm. on changing his demeanor and everything. And then, unfortunately, it, it, it from all evidence that we have so far, it uh, right. he couldn't get back out of it. His head was kind of stuck in a certain dark place. So, so decompression from a role is is definitely an important aspect of a movie like this. Yes, it is. It's, it's really important. I just saw like the, you know, like the Ted Bundy, because I love, I Hmm. love, um, you know, I love movies that mess with your mind. Hmm. Um, like I loved Hannibal. I was like, dude, 
I couldn't play Hannibal. That's just seriously <laughs> insane in the membrane. But like, um, yeah, you know, you just, you have to really, you kind of have to, uh, how can I say this? You kind of have to know yourself as a person, have a strong foundation so that you can kind of, you know, you can snap out of it and know that it is a part of you and it is, you embody that, that character, but you also, you also have to remember like it's, it's also acting, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's also, right. um, just the part you play for, for a short amount of time. And then you, you go back to everyday life. Well, I mm. think, I think when you're, you know, <clears throat> when you're dealing with something like say Heath Ledger as the Joker or you as being demon possessed, we tend to, you know, in, in acting, um, you tend to want to go to, to dark places that you haven't visited in maybe decades or maybe, you know, five, yeah. whenever, whenever your last like kind of tragic anger or what have you. And so I think when you, if you sit too long in that space, if you sit too long in that yep. headspace, it starts to yeah. seep into your mind. And so you can't really pull away from that, that, uh, that mentality anymore because it's ingrained now and you're, and you're acting it out in roles and you're pushing it out in roles and, and, and you're starting to develop that personality more. You know, I, there's a, you know, we've all been through some crazy times and we've had to heal from it. And I think it's good to kind of reflect, but to kind of pull right. from that, pull that darkness. Cause we all have a darkness inside of us and, and Craig Aaron's and, and us, we talked about that last or not last week. I'm sorry, but uh, we had him on and, it's what you do with it. And I think uh, mm -hmm. with Heath Ledger, he just, he sat in the darkness too long. And, you know, yep. sitting there for so long put put him into a depression. Mm. And once you get into so deep of a depression, it's really hard to pull yourself out. You start, you know, abusing drugs. You start having suicidal thoughts. And, yep. uh, you know, you, you, you need to talk to people. You need to try to pull yourself out of that. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Uh, and in that case, that young man, you know, his, his life is uh, is gone. And he's no longer with us. And and it's sad because it's one of the best villain roles in a uh, superhero movie I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen a better villain. Um, and and I enjoyed uh, Thanos in um, in the Avengers movies, but the the Joker in these in the Batman in that Batman movie was just so depraved and he was a sociopath and he didn't care. All he cared about yeah. was causing as much chaos as he could and it didn't mm -hmm. matter who got in his way. And somehow that character transferred over into Heath Ledger and that drove him kind of to a point of insanity. You know, he didn't know Damn. how to decompress. And I think that when you play those roles that are real emotional, intensive, you know, not like a comedy where, you know, you can think of funny stuff in your past or funny stuff that happens to you on a daily basis. And you're like, ha ha, you know, you, it's, it's a pretty good natured thing for the most part. When you have intense dr dramatic roles where you have to dwell on past experiences, you know, decom decompression is the most important point. I think when, when dealing with that. So, you know, um, it, it, I mean, it is, I had to do, um, so I produced, um, and acted in, a short film that we just released not too long ago called impossible. Mm. And it was, it's, it's a true story based on my past. Um, and 
it was probably one of the most emotional and effective and and ugh, I can't say traumatizing because I've had I've had like a really hard life but it uh, so it's about like you know emotional mental and physical abuse um in, in a marriage and and basically being like you know with a narcissistic man and and stuff like that and and how how it's mostly about emotional and mental abuse and how mm. um how a person can chip away at you very 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 slowly to the mm -hmm. point like where you're just you're literally so lost and you're broken that you don't you don't know yourself any, anymore and when i played this role that was probably the hardest role i ever had to do i mean i was i was literally crying on set all the time all the time and it did it took me it took me back it took me back to that place where you know i had to make a huge decision in my life and i didn't know what to do i didn't know who i was i thought i was crazy you know what i mean mm -hmm. i was away from my friends and my family and <clears throat> so with that film i actually did i did i did go back back in time where i was in like that dark dark hole and i had to kept i had to keep telling myself every single day like elena like you know you you crawled out of this hole you've done it like you you walked you got up you walked you, you stumbled and got back up you walked i mean every single day because mm -hmm. it just it just wanted to like seriously it just wanted to drown me and um yeah so that the uh so you know what i mean i just kind of i stayed away from people and 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 just really you know had to rejuvenate my mind my body and my spirit and i went into praying and i went into like you know just slowly slowly like a child like taking these baby steps in order to get back to my normal i mean which is not normal but my <laughs> whatever you want to call it, normal <laughs> right right do you do you think that the the whole process i mean from and and we haven't seen it i haven't seen the the short film but we'll definitely give it a watch um do you think that it was a, a cathartic experience do you feel like this is something that that you needed to do in order to kind of get it out of your, I don't want to say get out of your system. Cause that seems like it's more of like a, a disease, but like kind of um, like a cleansing almost. Yeah. Like, yeah like it's kind of like to, kind to, of a, to finally give it another a step boot. towards, towards making sure that's all recovered. Right. Well, you know, it, and you know, I always told myself if I was going to get into this industry that I'm not going to like, I didn't want to get into this industry for fame. I didn't want to get into this industry for fortune. I wanted to get into this industry because like, I wanted to be a light in a dark place, you know, and I wanted to, I wanted to share some of the experiences that I've gone through in life um, visually, you know, to help someone who is like suffering in silence. And that was like, that was my, that's always been my goal. Um, it, it was, it, I mean, to a point it was, 
yes, I can say it was cleansing because I'm, I'm starting to open up about, you know, you know, all of these things that have happened and I'm starting to share, you know, with the world and, and to other people. And like when I did this movie, I, or this short film impossible, I had a lot of women contact me and, and, you know, tell me, you know, thank you for doing that. And that's exactly how they feel or they felt. And so that was kind of, that was, you know, it, it, so it was, it was, it was cleansing. Yeah. It was, it was cleansing for me. Cause I always said, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to do this so I can help others hmm. and by helping others helps, you know, helps me heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of gives you a connection that, that you're not by yourself and that of this kind of stuff. And right. while it's unfortunate that this kind of stuff happens on a, a lot more often than it should, at least there's, there's other people who can kind of be on, on the same wavelength and who can kind of understand where you're coming from and, and you can kind of share those experiences and everything and, and kind of spread around the, the positive energy a little bit about, about getting through everything. Exactly. No, just letting them know, like, you know what, you can get through it. You know, if, you know, this little chica did, then you definitely can. Right. <laughs> and that's good because that, that sets you up to be a, a good role model for women who, like you said, have, have gone through some of this and, and, you know, that's, it's, it's a prevalent thing. I mean, we, we all see what kind of, um, what kind of things can happen in, in bad relationships. And I think we, we've known people, you know, I've known a couple, a couple people that just, it, the, the chemistry didn't work out, you know, and, and when it doesn't work out, one person tends to take dominance over the other and then things happen. And so it's good that you were able to get that story out about your life. And then maybe, you know, somebody sees it and they say, oh, you know, I'm going through that same exact thing. And she got over it. So maybe I can take steps to, to get out of this situation myself. So I think that that's, it's, it's fantastic. And it's all based on um, the sort of psychological things we all have to go through, whether it's, you know, being in a, in a, in an unhealthy relationship or, you know, being in an, even having an unhealthy work environment, you know what I mean? All, all these things can definitely cause your, your mental state to deteriorate. And I, and as we see with a lot of, of, uh, of musicians or actors or, or even, you know, we, we, you know, people, people don't look at like, your people that work your nine to fives or your folks that have, mm-hmm. you know, busy, busy deadlines on a lot of projects and things like that. It's all this stress. that just accumulates. And if you don't take time to decompress or you don't take time for yourself, for your mental health, you know, it could drive you over the edge. And, and we've seen that a lot in, especially in, in, yeah. in, in this society, in this day and age of fast paced environments, mm-hmm. you know, nobody takes the time to just breathe because there's always something just hanging over their head. And, um, to me, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do this. Um, what we do every Thursday, and you know, I, we 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 study the material, and, or we have awesome guests like you on. I wouldn't want to do this if I felt like it was it was a chore, and not a labor of love. I wouldn't want to do this. I wouldn't want to sit here and, and and have these conversations if I felt like, man, this is just stressing me out. You know, a, a right. little bit of stress is fantastic. You know, I, I, it's you know it's healthy. You know, you kind of want to be like, okay, I'm a little stressed. So I got to see where I'm going to, I might make some errors. Oh, okay. I didn't get this date right. Cool. Good thing. I'm a little stressed out about it. Cause now I've seen the error. Now I'll fix that date. So when I go live on the air, I won't make that mistake. 
you know and so Absolutely. it's 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 all about balance i think i think that's a mm. good um a good uh a good thing for for everybody you have to be able to balance your negativity with your positivity and you know spider's known me for almost 10 years and he knows i have a, a sort of a negative side you know and sometimes it kind of it kind of <laughs> seeps well out. i mean we have a famous we have a famous in joke <laughs> this dude one of the first parties I ever went to ah here we go it's great and we're not shy about it because it's just nah. it was one of those things that happens um i went to this thing of his and uh and of course he he'd been drinking a little bit and cuz we much. do uh, <laughs> yeah we're kind of past those times now we we don't yeah. you know we don't drink like those days anymore and it was a, a birthday so i was i was really i was really like i'm alive that still. was before i'm still alive <laughs> It was before we each had our kids <laughs> and everything, so we were still kind of like wild yep. from work and everything. So, so I go over there. <laughs> He's been drinking a little bit, so I drink a little bit, but not too much. And um, and he always gets these these big sandwiches, these big cater kind of sandwiches, oh, yeah. where, where it's you know the big cold cut sandwiches. Delicious. They can feed like twelve hundred people. And uh, big thick bread and everything. So I'm sitting there eating that, and I'm feeling pretty good because I'm totally sober because the sandwich is keeping me sober. But he's not eating anything. He's just drinking, <laughs> drinking, drinking going nuts. Like, it's his birthday. Who cares? <laughs> and um, at one point, he's just like he, – he says something, and I think he's making a joke. And uh, and so I respond in a joke, and he's like, no, no. And he gets <laughs> mad, and I'm just like, uh-oh, where is this going? And he's like, I'll, I'll kill you, and I'll kill your family. <laughs> But oh, he's like yeah. swaying and following over, and it sounds really like, oh man, that's really violent. But it, it you had to really, it's one of those you had to be there kind of things to see what I saw to see that he really wasn't, he wasn't him there. He was just like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I haven't eaten. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking too much. This is much. crazy. I'm just like, all right, you're cool. Eat a little bit of the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he eats a little uh... bit of it, and he just he's gonna he's gonna be done. He just can't do it anymore. He's just like, dude. You gotta go because I'm I'm gonna be out. <laughs> I'm just like so okay, so I'll leave. So he feel he doesn't re- he didn't remember any of it the next day. Nothing. Like he woke up in such a terrible hangover and everything. Uh, like, well, I, you know, I had to you, be at you, work, you... mind you. We worked together. I went to sleep at two in the morning, two thirty, and we had oh, drunk. God. We drank like because I got one of the huge bottles of Patron. Yeah, that's the last time we drank Patron. It. Yeah. Well, yep. uh, Tequila isn't something we drink anymore. No. Not because of that, just because it's like you drink too much of it, you just lose the taste for it. So it's seven o'clock. I had to be work at seven o'clock in the morning. The next morning, I'm up retail. At work. Yeah, retail. I'm up at work. I'm not up. I'm just like I'm barely hanging on by a thread. I'm like I really want to go home and go back to bed. I really want to go home and go back to bed, but I got to get a paycheck. I got to get a paycheck. Got to keep doing this. So the first yep. thing I do is I see him and I'm like, oh, what happened last night? He's like, well, you threatened my family. I go, oh. <laughs> you threatened my family and you threw me out. If, if I could show you my fingers, I felt about this big. I felt so just molecularly small. I felt so bad. And I must have spent yes. like 10 years still apologizing for it. Uh, because the, yeah. the thing is too, I mean, I, I knew where it was coming from. He'd been stressed out. He'd been trying to party. He'd just been, you know, and that was that little dark spot that everybody's got. That was just like, this was the time it was just gonna come out. And it's better. It came out to somebody who knew him, who was a friend of his, right. than just some random person who he didn't really know, because then I could be like, I get you. I get it. Right. Exactly. 
I'll tell you about it tomorrow. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, it was such. It You're was like, such no, a rough... just don't tell me about it anymore. <laughs> and now, and now we make jokes about it because you know, like, like I said, we all have that that dark area that we all have been to. We we've we've been there. Oh, yeah. And, and mm. we all bring it out in different avenues. It could be just snapping at somebody because you're having a bad day, so you're mean to somebody. It could be threatening somebody's family because you've drank almost a whole bottle of Patron <laughs> and not eaten anything. Um, but it manifests itself in different avenues. And like I said, we've been friends for 10 years, and that was probably like two years yeah. into our friendship. So you know, you gotta now... kind of laugh about it too. Oh, it's and hilarious. Like pass it off too, because if you don't, then it becomes something mm-hmm. that's like a serious, like, "Hey, dude, you did this thing. I think you got a problem." And it's not really a problem. Right. It's just like one of those things. It's just like, "Hey, I, I just wasn't there to, for. I wasn't in my head right now. Everything's right. cool." And uh, right. sometimes you just gotta laugh it off and be like, "You know what? You Whatever. Do. It's all cool." And and, and he uh, came and, over. You know, and those are the type of people I love being around because. You know, everybody had, we're human beings, right? Mm-hmm. We're not, there's right. no such thing as perfect. And we're going to do stupid stuff. I mean, it, it's bound. I mean, I do stupid stuff every single day. Okay. Well, he paid me <laughs> back in full. This dude, so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, this so, is, so this we're is hanging how out. I found out I was lactose intolerant. So this is kind of a gross story. So, so we're hanging out. All right. And, and we, we've been doing some drinking. I don't love to grill. Like grilling is like my, my, one of my favorite things to do. I grew, mm. Whenever he I comes can't. over, I find as much food in that fr- freezer I can find, and I throw it all in the ground. I'm like, if you're here, we're eating. Sometimes good. in the middle of winter. Yeah, in the middle there of winter. You if you're if you if you are a guest at my house, you're eating good. That is that's not it's not a it's, it doesn't need to be said. You're going to be fed, and we're going to have a good time. This dude decides, and I think at like midnight, he's like, "Oh, I don't feel so good." Walks outside, <laughs> stops at my screen door throws up all over the screen door. Oh, yeah. All over it. So yeah. I'm like, okay, you're going to stand outside with me. I'm not going to make you clean it up. It's probably like 20 degrees outside. I'm like, you got to stand cold. outside with me while I clean it up. I went, got the hose, and just sat there and sprayed off the screen door. Come summertime, <laughs> the screen door had a lovely smell of mm, vomit. Yep. Oh, all over. No. But see what it turned out. It turned out because we'd had this. We have this thing where once a year we'll get together and we'll make a meatloaf. We'll make a homemade meatloaf oh, and we'll yes. go all out on it. Makes like just go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. And so that year we decided to put beer cheese in it, like oh, stuff yeah. it with beer cheese. Ooh. And I yes. did not know at the time that I was lactose intolerant. <laughs> and so. <laughs> All this cheese, just like, oh, man, gross. So it, that's what led to a bunch of vomit. And not too long after that, I was like, you know what? I don't I don't throw up so much when I've when I've been drinking stuff. I got to figure out what's wrong. I cut out different things in my food, this and that. Finally came upon the cheese. I'm like, hey, you know what? That's what it is. And yeah. now that I haven't been eating anything with dairy, I have never thrown up at his house ever again. Ever. That one time. <laughs> that was a legendary story, though. I was still on the couch. I had to stay there till like five yeah, in the morning. Dude. I, had to pass I, I was out like, dude, you got, you're going to sleep on my couch tonight. All right. You're not going anywhere. Just lay on the couch. You're good. Just sleep yeah. on the couch. It's fine. But uh, that's never happened again either. I've always been good to go home. I've never been. Yeah. I always have a couch. If somebody has too much to drink, I got a couch for you. You can yeah. sleep on my couch till you feel. To your right is rain, and you go on about your business. But yeah, always, mm. always have a couch. You know, you can't, you can't have a party and not have a place for somebody to sleep. Yeah, exactly. if you're, that's true. If you're going to be doing a little bit of 
of drinking. So, but wow, this or whole... like a you know, or lawn where they can lay on for the night or mm-hmm. something. Not in Ohio. Good luck. God bless. <laughs> 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 you might you might be outside. You might get ate by a mountain lion. Got coyote might take you out in the middle of the night. Coyotes are serious business out in Ohio. Yeah. It might snow. Oh, I don't mind about that. Might be July Fourth and it starts snowing. No, nah, you can't. That you can't is... sleep on the lawn. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, that's how we Californians do it. We just we like you know. Um, I used to we used, I used to hang out with um these guys I grew up with, and we used to, we would call each other the backyard bammers, right? Because mm. <laughs> all we would do is hang out and drink in the backyard and play ping pong. Like, so, but <laughs> those were good days. Right. Those were good days when people would wake up and they'd be like, hey, where's Jim Dog? Oh, dude, he's back there, like, sleeping, like, over in the corner by the fence. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, where's this, there's, where's this person? Oh, dude, he's way over there. Okay. <laughs> Hand check, everybody. Where is everybody? Is everybody alive hand. still? I know uh, everybody alive. Stay here. Here. All right, you can go back to sleep. It's cool. You're good. You're good. You're good. All right. See you guys later. <laughs> you know. Uh, then you wake well, up with that headache. Drinking again. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't. I like. I can't do that anymore. I'm too old for that. Way too yeah, old for that. Really and I got a kid too, so it's responsibility alley for me. Can't be. Yep. Uh, can just be oof, ugh. I, I I could we could go on we could literally have a whole show where we talk about uh some of the drinking experiences that we've lived through and just like because there's more we've had we've had all sorts of like different like shenanigans that have happened like it, it, but it's a good time you know like it's never not once us drinking has ever turned violent or I mean yeah some words got Nobody's- said. And, nobody's been so bad that they got into an accident or anything like that. And, you know, we, we try to be pretty responsible about it. So anybody listening, if you're planning an intervention, please don't. (laughs) If you are, please, please have liquor there for us. If you're planning an intervention. Whoever's, I don't think you understand interventions. Whoever's so. listening's like, I knew it. You guys are a bunch of drunks. And Alex Jones is. It's obviously Alex Jones who calls us a bunch. You guys are a bunch of drunks. Something put something in the right. water. Frogs, frogs are gonna get you. I'm drunk, <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, we're, we're too old for that now. We way too to, old, you know. It, it makes got, my stomach I've hurt. Six blended. I've got six kids blended, so I mean, we've got <laughs> we've got the Brady Budge, and my, you know, I was I was messaging because <laughs> my four year old. I mean, she's just woo. Yes, <laughs> man. She needs to be on the evil down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell David and Craig they need to cast her. <laughs> it, and, and like I told her, I, I, I sent her a message earlier. I said, if you get ten kids, you can have your own farm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and make a show out of it. Make a show out of it. Make a show out of it. We'll be self-sustainable. You know, we'll just. <laughs> Yes. Elena Girard and the farm. We'll the figure farm. out a name, but you can all live on farms. And and you can have special guests, Craig Aarons and David Espinosa. And us, because it was my idea, so I expect us to also be in 
that show. That's right. Okay, no. guest appearance. Will definitely be like the first one <laughs> on the episode. Okay, <laughs> on the farm. <laughs> now, see, I actually grew up on farms, so I could actually drive tractors. So you know, I got experience here. I have a riding lawnmower, so I know how to mow a lawn. That. Yeah. <laughs> So between the two of us, we got your grass covered. Okay, well, then you can you can try teaching the kids how to mow a lawn because all you're going to hear on the show is a lot of griping. Can I play Minecraft? Can I play Fortnite? Can I get this? I'm hungry. Hi, hungry. I'm dad. That's what I like. That's what I can't. I can't okay. wait for my son to say I'm hungry so I can look at him and go, hi, hungry. I'm dad. Because my favorite, I know, right? My favorite thing to do is to aggravate my child. Because he aggravates me. So, and, and, and I, I heard something the other day that made me kind of chuckle. You never really know how annoying you are until you have a miniature version of yourself and you argue with it That's right. daily. And you're like, I, I, I kind of get on people's nerves a bit, don't I? <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny when you, when you are, like my oldest son, I, I will debate with him over eggs, okay? <laughs> For an hour, and then I have to stop and tell myself because I'm like, where, I'm like, where did you even learn this from? Like, why are you arguing with me? And then I realize I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm, I'm literally for an hour been debating with my son about eggs, and he's just antagonizing me, and he's walking off laughing. <laughs> like, like, they I'm know, like, you they know that they do. It to me. I I think that's good because, um. I'll purposely go over to to my mother and father's house, and I I love them very much, and I will antagonize them just because I can, and it gives me great yeah, joy. I've because, seen this because yeah, he 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 knows my my old man is the, one of the coolest people on the entire planet. Great guy, um, but I love to antagonize him because he antagonizes me. So I go right. over there and do the same exact. I will literally just stop by, <laughs> unannounced, just pop up like, "Hey, pops, what are you doing? I'm here to antagonize you," and and I will antagonize him for five six hours. Spider's seen it. He's he's met my old man. Good, he's a good man. But I will go over there and antagonize him. Like I know what gets him going, and yep. so I just kind of yep. get him going because <laughs> he'll do that- it to me. So exactly, we got to do we got to do it back. My dad comes over. And I like to give him a hard time because he, he always acts like my mom doesn't feed him. So I'm like, so I'm always like, dad, you just come over here to eat all of our food. And he's like, no, I don't. I don't come over here just to eat. You to come over to visit you. I'm like, dad, you don't come over to visit me. You just come over to eat all of our food. No, I don't. I couldn't see the kids too. And I'm like, <laughs> And I get him going. I'm like, Dad, I'm just messing with you. He's like, he's like, what are these days? You're gonna give me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's that bacon you keep eating of ours that's gonna give you the heart attack, I Dad. Not, I mean, come on. I'm like, Mom just fed you, and you're coming over here to eat. Now stop. <laughs> I go over to my parents and eat. I will straight do that. I tell my mom, I'm like, you got anything sweet? Because I uh, there's not a lot of sweets going on in my house because my uh, my bloodlines has some diabetes going through it, so. The missus, the missus wants me to be healthy, so there's not too many sweets going mm. on. But whenever I go to my <laughs> folks' house, there's always like donuts and cookies, and I'm like, I'm raiding. So I just go over there and raid. My mom's like, "Did you just come over here to eat?" And I look her dead in the eyes and go, "Yeah, that's actually what I did. Come over to do is eat." 
because that's my mom and i antagonize her as much as my dad it's it's great like i i have a fantastic family I've, i had a great family upbringing so like it, I, I just believe in having fun you know whenever you you yeah. should be around your family and you should have fun it shouldn't be like you know you don't like each other you get in these big arguments you don't talk for years and years at a time never like me and my family will we'll antagonize each other even even in the afterlife you know, and that, I'm gonna find my my parents and antagonize them then too, and then it'll be for eternity. So it'll never end, and it'll be just the best time ever, best time ever. I know my mom. My mom told me after she dies that she was gonna like she was gonna still, you know, come and do weird things. And I was like, why would you do that, mom? God, you're so I'm like you're so mean. But it, you know, I I get it because you know I know my. I did a lot. So I like doing a lot of pranks. I'm, I'm, I'm that. So, and I like watching videos of like kids running into walls and like <laughs> fall off the bikes. Wow. You know, okay. Like those RKO videos where somebody has an accident and then Randy Orton comes along and puts her on the <laughs> Somebody slips on banana peels or falls down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, yeah. as long as nobody gets like seriously hurt, it is kind of Yeah. Funny. As long as nobody kind of gets hurt, you know what I mean? But those. <laughs> So what I used to do, so I love, I, I've done it since I was a kid. I would scare the living crap out of my dad. And <laughs> I, and I still do it. I just love scaring people. So when my kids were, <laughs> so one day I got this bright idea. Cause I, you know, was had to come up with another bright idea of how to scare them. And I went underneath their bed <laughs> Oh. Before they had to get up to go to school, and so I'm under my oldest son's bed, and I reach up, I reach up and I grab him, and he takes off screaming, <laughs> <laughs> screaming wow. bloody murder. That's fantastic, though. I didn't think about that so, one. That's a good idea. So then I go, I go underneath my son Brody. Okay, I go under Brody's. And I reach up and I'm like, rah! And like, I made the mistake of coming up with my hand and my, and he punched me. And I was like, you're not fun to, I was like, you're not fun to scare anymore. See, then you take him to one of those interactive haunted house things, like uh, like where they do all the actors dressed up and they try to jump you in in the maze, and he'll just be probably going around, pow, pow, pow. (laughs) He'll just go around punching people. Uh -uh, You'll be banned from the haunted house for life. (laughs) That lady that was in Evil Down the Street was in here with her kid, and he was beating up everybody. She can't come back here anymore. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Her and Sir punches a lot. No more. Like you know, so, those the scenes like where where I kind of like come, you know, I come out of nowhere and I I scare Tara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I I legit scared her. She would. Just, it was so easy to scare. Her. Even on set, so she can't leave. She can't leave it alone on set either. She I just got to jump on. It was just so funny because, like, she was. I knew she was expecting me, so I'd wait a little bit longer. 
right? To kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, be like, okay, wait, what are, what's going on? What's she doing? And then I'd be like, Bap! and she'd be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> See, I do that to my parents too. Uh, because my mom did it to me once when I was younger and she got me good. Like she sat outside of my window and I was, I was thinking I was playing Nintendo or something. I was just, I wasn't paying attention. She put on a witch's mask, right? She puts on this witch's mask and she's literally standing outside the window, looking in my window. I almost died. And I was like, I was like every day for the rest of your life, I'm going to scare you to death. So I'll wait, and I, because I, I know, I know their movements. So like, I know in the final exact footsteps, all that. So <clears throat> we had an old two-story house. This is before they moved. This is before I moved. And so I would wait, because you had when you came down the steps, you had to cross into the kitchen. Well, you can hide a little bit behind the door frame of the kitchen before you come in. And I know the difference between the steps. My dad's steps are a little bit heavier. My mother's steps are a little bit lighter, but they're a little bit quicker. So I would wait patiently because i would hear footsteps upstairs i'm like oh yeah she's getting ready to come downstairs and i'm gonna get her good so i literally would just stand there and wait and just real quiet and all of a sudden as soon as she came around the corner i was like ah she was like oh oh my god oh oh yeah it was great just seeing her face i go i told you every day i can do this i'm gonna do it and i still do it i think i did it like two weeks ago because now they live on a ranch so they're still like i can kind of hide behind the door frame so I'll wait until she's past me at that point, and then I'll touch her on her shoulder and go, ah! And she'll go, oh, my God! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> See, I won't. I, I try not to do it to my dad, because I, I, I really do think he's going to have a heart attack. Because, I, I mean, he, when, I, when my dad gets scared, his face, I mean, he turns white, and he, oh. it looks like his skeleton literally comes out of his body and runs. <laughs> Okay, but it was it's really funny because the now my boys have seen my dad scared because one time I don't know they were just they were playing or something and my dad came out of the restroom and he wasn't expecting to see them and it just scared the living crap out of him and Ryan and Brody they fell to the floor laughing. Oh, that's bad. and they're like, did you? They're like, did you see Papa's face? He looked like he was going to die. I'm like, I'm like, we can't scare Papa, guys. Like, seriously, we can't scare Papa anymore. All right. They're like, but he's so good. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh yeah, my boys. Like, I, I, that's that's one thing we love to do is we. My poor daughter. She gets aerial. She gets scared so easily. And um, so we try not to scare her because she's just, <laughs> she's just, she's just, we, it was really bad because one time we were in the kitchen and she was in bed <laughs> and the boys, the boys bedroom is right next to hers and they were playing um, Minecraft or Fortnite and the alarm went off. So she comes Run! She comes running out of the room like a bat out of hell, screaming zombies. Oh! And she was she was so she was so scared. So she ran she ran to my husband. My husband was holding her, and Ryan Brody come out of the room because they they see her running. 
running down the room screaming, screaming zombies. And so me, Ryan, and Brody were on the floor laughing so hard, crying, right? And my husband's like, you guys are mean people. You are seriously <laughs> so mean. He's like, you guys are seriously so mean. And Ryan's like, no, you should have seen her run. She ran so fast. <laughs> oh, oh, that's you guys are all terrible people. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab in the dark here, and I'm gonna say that April Fools is probably like one of the best and worst times ever in your household. Oh yeah. See now now, now we know if we ever get on that farm show. She's going to try to scare us out of our wits. So we got to be like, his eyes. It's going to be a prank show, really. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a prank show. Yeah, but since you guys know that, now we have to step up our game. You and now that everybody knows we're all pranksters, we have, to, we have to come up with something really, really creative one year. And this is, I think this is the second year that I was um, with my husband, right? And this is when Craigslist was the big thing, okay? Oh, here we go. This is bad. I can already tell this is going to be bad. <laughs> so I wrote on Craigslist. I was like, all right, for April's Fools, I need you guys to call this number. Call my, well, it was my boyfriend. I'm like, call my boyfriend's number and let him know that you heard that he was the best dancer in town that you want to hire him. Oh, so, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right? oh man here we go he got all these phone calls right and he and these text messages you know saying that they wanted to hire him and he was at work and he called me up and he was like he's like dude he's like what's going on he's like He's like, all these women, they keep calling me saying they want to hire me for, like, their bachelorette party. They heard, like, I was a great dancer and this and that. And and I'm going, are, are you serious? Whoa, that's weird. That's crazy. <laughs> right? And I've like, seen you dance, and it's awful. <laughs> he, he dances like Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> no. That's actually, that's me. <laughs> but, like, he was. <clears throat> so then I'm like, I'm like, damn, I'm like. Man, that's that's crazy. He's like, yeah, it's super weird. So then he calls me again, and he's like, he's like, I keep getting these phone calls. I'm getting these <laughs> phone calls all day. Like, like even ones that are like, hey, you want to come dance for me? Like, have a private lap dance, and 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 I'm just, I'm I'm laughing. I'm I'm going, are you? Serious? I'm I'm going, oh my gosh, that's so crazy, right? Then some guy finally calls him up and says, hey, so your girlfriend. <laughs> Your girlfriend put your photo on Craigslist and posted this. So he called me up and he's like, "You shithead! I can't believe you did that." I know. Way to go, dude! Wow. <laughs> well, at least she at least she keeps things interesting, which is cool. You know, that's it's, true. It's, it's definitely not a boring time in her house. That's for sure. Jeez. Oh yeah, my parents always they, my parents always love the the I'm pregnant one. I mean, oh. I don't know how many times I could tell them I'm pregnant. They're like, no. <laughs> wow. So you, you see, so you've always been a handful, for the most part. Is 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 what I'm taking away from all of this? Yeah, I guess you can say that. 
what? Uh, <laughs> well, well, we didn't we didn't really have a chance to to say anything during the halfway point, so I'm gonna go ahead and get it out of the way now. Um, a little bit of uh, station sort of business that we always do, but uh, every Thursday night you can check us out here on this uncanny earth, and the show goes from ten to twelve. Uh, Eastern time, so you folks out there in the uh, in California and such, like our guest tonight, she would be out there. Let's see, three hours brain. earlier, right? So my brain, my brain's all sorts of crazy right now with all these laughing and carrying on. Um, so for for folks out there, that would be seven o'clock to nine o'clock, um, and we're here every Thursday. Also, we have a separate channel called This Uncanny Gaming, where we play different games and we talk about different gaming news. Uh, coming up, we're going to be doing a, a sort of a review on E3 and some of the games that we mm-hmm. were excited to see. Uh, the Blair Witch Project for me was one of my uh, one of my go tos. Um, the new Doom for Spider and uh, absolutely a couple other games I was really hyped up for. Uh, we also have. Um, some some listening parties coming up. I think I've been pushing Spider in the direction of putting out some of his music for streaming, so he can kind of break down um, <clears throat> what each song means to him, or, or you know maybe what he was going through, whatever, what have you. Uh, sometimes I'll join him in, so there'll always be some comedic fun and shenanigans afoot there. And uh, this uncanny destination, where we would talk about places that you can go. Uh, the first episode was me talking to Andrew Smith of. The Flatwoods Monster Museum out in Flatwoods, West Virginia, a place that we are looking to go here relatively probably in September if we can get up the the necessary funds and the vacation Mm -hmm. time. So uh, you can go back and listen to that. Coming up, we're going to have a couple things. Just got to wait for this weather to clear up so I can get out and get to these places. The weather hasn't been real great in Ohio. If there's an uncanny destination you would like to see, please let us know and we will talk about it. If you can put us in touch with the owner of said establishment, we can have him on the show and we can talk about it. If anybody would like to be a guest and has some paranormal knowledge experience, supernatural knowledge experience, let us know. Um, This Uncanny Earth, the official Facebook group, Join if you can and pass the word around this podcast. Let us let let people know that hey, we're out here and we're interviewing guests tonight. And uh, when we don't interview guests, we usually have some pretty good topics. Last week, I think we had Doomsday. We talked about different uh, mm-hmm. scenarios involving the apocalypse and and all those nice. beautiful things. And uh, that's really it. Oh, and as always, before I forget. I'm going to give the 15-second round of applause to our good friend, the Count St. Germain. Yes, the Count. That's right. The most famous of all. Someday he'll be on the show. Someday. Someday. (laughs) Probably when we're like 90 and on our deathbed, I'll be like, I'll be on. Finally, it's happening. It's happening. (laughs) Okay, and we are back with our guest. Who is Elena Gerard? Did you guys remember? Or did you guys forget? (laughs) Have you been listening this entire time? Or did you nod off? You better not nod off because if so, she will come to your house and prank you horribly. She'll hide under your bed and then reach up and grab you. And then you'll be like, oh, or you'll punch her. Either that seems to be the the reaction at her house. Now, Elena, I want to get into something a little bit more serious, not just to kind of switch focus here. Uh, so this movie deals with the paranormal, but uh, mm-hmm. what personal paranormal experiences have you had? Oh, jeez! Or one that stands out to you as 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 you know, uh, not just uh, like a flicker of a light or you know a house kind of creaking. Something where you were like, 
this is next level. This is something next level. <clears throat> okay. Oh, ooh, ooh. Um, it doesn't have to be so... too graphic. This is a family show, so you don't have to go. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think how I can how I can word this. So, I know someone that at one point was dating a witch right okay and um so you know there were like there was like crazy dreams involved and um and a so-called i don't know what they're called like a a spiritual reader had said that this lady was you know um a witch and and she had put something in his shampoo or some, you know, something. And, um, and so the spiritual reader was like, okay, you have to go in and, you know, go get her book and burn it. Um, so we ended up going to the house and sure enough in her bag, she had this book and, um, you know, there were these pages marked, I won't get into too much detail about it, uh, but, you know, uh, the book had to be burned. And the person that was actually underneath the spell um, doesn't remember most of the relationship that he had with this woman. Like, it was crazy. Uh, he finally came through <clears throat> and was like, Cause like she was like taking all of his money and like all of these things. And he finally like, like came to him was like, like he, there was like three or four months of his life that he just doesn't remember. It was crazy. It was crazy. Now, see, that's freaky. That's like, that's something yeah. that's just like, Ooh, like real, like unexplainable kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little freaked out myself right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that all ties in together. I mean, because there was, there's, you know, like, I know, um, you know, I did, I, you know, in two, I think it was like in 2004 or something like that. I, I got into, (laughs) I got into like conspiracy theories and I got into, um, I got into like learning about strongholds and, and all of these different things. And, and, you know, and, you know, which is using, um, because I actually have, you know, there were people in our family that, that did black magic. Oh. And so, yeah. So, um, you know, and that ties into, you know, Ouija board and all of these crazy things mm. that they do that opens up, you know, the door for these, these energies or whatever they may be mm. to like, just come in and just like destroy it's crazy so yeah i i mean i got to experience that firsthand you know and see um actually you know see and be like whoa okay this stuff this stuff really exists and 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 it's going on you know what i mean so just kind of watch out There are a lot of there's a lot of unexplainable stuff out there, and a lot of it's a lot closer than we think too. We've gotten into a lot of different things on the show here, 
um, in the past. And mostly what we talk about is we try not to give like a flat out opinion. Like, so when this happens and the grass is this color at this time of year, obviously that means that this is happening. We we try to do that because we're, we're more into asking questions and presenting people with, Hey, this is the kind of weird stuff that goes on. What do you think is happening? Because it's not easily explainable. It's, it's, there's a lot of stuff out there just like, Oh man, I, I have no idea what this is. So it's more like, Hey, keep an eye out for this. Educate yourself. Uh, one thing we used to say pretty regular, we don't say it as much, but we would say do your your due diligence mm-hmm. and, and look into everything before you just like believe anybody about, uh, oh, that's not real at all. That's just somebody's plan a joke or that doesn't exist. Well, I don't know. I've seen this and it seems yeah. pretty real to me. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely um, just from experience, I know that, you know, that there is I don't know what it is you know, that there is a spiritual realm, um, that there are a lot of unexplainable things that happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and there's, you know, there's negative entities and well, I think there's negative entities and positive entities. I don't, you know, and we're just, just kind of, I don't know. It's, 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 it's really hard to explain, you know, we just, mm-hmm. um, we just kind of live amongst it, I guess. Right. And it's it's really interesting, too, because like, like Spider just said, we used to do the whole uh, do your due diligence. Uh, there we go. Some tongue twist in there. Do your due diligence. But, you know, we got to a certain point to where we're just like, if you haven't done it by now, and this is probably 20, 20 some odd episodes in. If you haven't done it by now, there's really no need for us to keep repeating it. You know, it's just something that you should you should already come into it knowing. And we both came to the conclusion, while there are a lot of unknown mysteries out there, some things can be explained. And so we mm. try not to say, okay, well, because you believe in this, you're, you're a lunatic or you're crazy. I think the only thing we've ever said that about was Flat Earth. And because I adamantly, 100% for a fact, know that the Earth is not flat. I've flown in a plane. You can see you it. fly I mean, in you a plane, you know that it's not flat. <laughs> fly in a plane. Just do that. And, and then, so here, but here's the thing, which I found was funny, because I said this. I said, you know, fly in a plane. And then somebody had the audacity. And when I say audacity, like, what? They said that they make this special secret glass. I'm not lying here. <laughs> for planes. What? For planes. That makes the earth look curved and i was like (laughs) my brain literally fell out of my head i had to cut my own head back open and put my brain back in because it wanted to leave it had never read something so stupid in its entire existence and i've read mad magazine since i was a kid and it has never read something so stupid in its life that it came out it just got i was like hey i'm done man like is this what we're doing nowadays we just you've devolved into this so I know, right? <laughs> I was just like, and, and and you know, I've I I've always been into conspiracy theories too, and and I've seen some really stupid ones, just ones you're just like, okay, somebody just had too much time on their hands, and but the thing that irked me the most is the fact that so many people believe the Earth is flat, and if you fly on a plane or just maybe look outside your house sometimes, you can see the curvature of the Earth. Well, you know, the fake glass and all that. Um, so that means Google Earth, they use a fake glass too? Oh, no. Google <laughs> Earth is owned by the government that doesn't want so you to know that, that it's oh, flat. And what Google. happens okay. is when you go to Antarctica, there's a giant ice wall that's protected by government helicopters that will shoot you mm-hmm. down because they don't want you to, to get to the edge. But like I've told people, 
If the earth was mm. flat, cats would have knocked everything off of it by this point. They would have knocked everything off. The earth isn't flat, people. That's what cats do. They Stop. push things off tables. Stop <laughs> saying the earth is flat. You're driving me bananas. But with the exception of that one, for the most part, and some other ones, um, we tend to entertain some conspiracy theories, uh, things like um, the Nazis... Uh, having secret bases in Antarctica with New Schwabenland. And um, a really interesting thing we talked about, uh, our, um, I was on a, a radio program a couple weeks back on, on, a, on a past guest of ours, Kevin and Jennifer Malik, and we talked about Nikola Tesla. Well, supposedly Nikola Tesla and uh, Marconi, uh, Marconi created kind of a, a, a utopia in South America. Um, and, mm. I, and so he, all these scientists, move there so when tesla died he didn't really die he was taken off in a ufo do with anti-gravity technology that marconi had supposedly <laughs> was able to produce so stuff like that i find to be fascinating because you i can't 100 percent write that kind of stuff off because um like i've said on numerous times on the show we the government usually has technology that's at least 20 years ahead of what you see today so, right. you know, it's it's not too far-fetched to think that. I mean, there are some things that kind of border on the, on the meh, probably not. But, I mean, I, th- I think we all have a, a, a favorite conspiracy theory. Um, I would say if I had to pick a favorite conspiracy theory, there's a couple I actually have. But uh, one of the ones is the, the, the Manchurian Candidate kind of thing where, like, they replaced the president with, a, with, a, uh, with sort of a dummy. That's a good one, um, but what are some what are some of your favorite conspiracy theories? If you had to pick one, so, okay. So the conspiracy theories that I were looking into was, of course, it was about like you know, it was about the new world order. Oh yeah, um, you know the elites, the you know, um, but I'd have to say my favorite one was about the FEMA camps. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Remember the FEMA camps and yes. the disposable the disposable caskets that they were putting in, like mm-hmm. in on these properties that were that were guarded by the government. They wouldn't explain why. Yep. There were so many disposable caskets that could fit up to like I think it was like up to four people per casket. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the other one was um, so that so like I said, this is way back when, and. Basically, what was going to happen was a president was going to come in, right, and sign a bill that was going to give the government the right to everything, the right to our bank accounts, to our social security, like all of that. And we were all going to be placed on a list. Like it was going to be like the red, the orange, the green, right? And they were going to come. Yeah. Do you remember that? They were going to come spray paint spray paint like your curb and even if you even spoke about it on the phone like you automatically got bumped up onto the red list like you're going to be taken out you're like the first people that are going to be taken out because we're overpopulated and so like what you know what they want to do is like you know depopulate the world because that's right. i don't know yeah if, if you've ever seen them they're called the georgia guidestones and a lot of people point to that as being like, and actually pointed. I don't know why I just did that. Yeah. I actually pointed, <laughs> like I know where they're at. Like I pointed in that direction. They're gotta be over there. But uh, uh, 
<laughs> but it said to keep the population, I think it was under 500,000 people. And so yep. whenever there's like this conspiracy going around, like uh, one of the one of the real big ones was that they were uh, kidnapping people like hikers and stuff like this was this is a real big thing. Like hikers that have gone missing or are supposedly have been abducted by aliens and the aliens work for the government. And they're they're kidnapping these people and then doing experiments on them and stuff because that's a whole other a whole other thing to get into the ufology of it um, or ufology I don't know I don't really know how they pronounce that but um, <clears throat> that that the aliens work for the government and so they're also like population control is one of like the biggest conspiracy mm-hmm. theories I think people follow because there are a lot of yeah. people on the planet like billions so I mean that makes sense. But, yeah, uh, it's like that movie that I that I told you about uh, last week. Oh yeah, 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 with uh, Glenn yeah, Close. Yeah, that uh, what happened? Yeah, what happened to Monday? I still need to watch that. I haven't watched that yet. But uh, what is it called? It's called uh, What Happened to Monday. What and, happened to um, Monday? It's uh, it's seven sisters born in a society that um, that in order to curb population control, they say that no siblings are allowed to stay awake. They they take them to cryogenic f- freezing tubes until overpopulation isn't a problem anymore. So if you're an only child, you're fine, but all your siblings get taken and frozen. And uh, this father, he's William Defoe. He has a, um, a a family of seven girls that all get born, and um, and he loses his wife, obviously. So he has to take care of them by himself. The hospital doesn't report him, so he doesn't have to turn them all in. So, oh, wow. so they um, he names each one of them after a day of the week, so that they can go out of their house during their day of the week. And during that day, they can try to live a normal life instead of just being stuck in the house away from where the government can see them and take them away all the time. And they grow up like that with like pretending they're all one person because they're identical twins. They're all identical. And then one of them goes missing and, and then they get their house gets raided by the government people and, and it gets real exciting. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's the same kind of thing. And it's got like there's a lot of tragic stuff in it too that shows about how they try to deal with the population and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a it's a concept that's that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. What happened to Monday? It's it's good. It's got um if if uh if you've seen the movie Prometheus, which was the Ridley Scott movie about the from the Alien universe, um the lead scientist woman in that movie, who's like the the heroine of the movie, she plays the Seven Sisters. Um, I don't know how to say your last name. I know her first name is Numi, but I, I like it's Rapace or I, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it, unfortunately, but um, I'm sure if I heard it, I'd remember it, but uh, solid movie. Not bad, not bad at all. And really directly kind of relatable to, to what we're just talking about. So tangent. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> we could even go the matrix if, if, but the, I feel like the matrix is such a cliche movie that people go to. And to a point, they're like, "Oh man, I'm living in the Matrix, bro." Like, I'm red pilling you all day. <laughs> right, right, I'm just right. Something, a, something's wrong with the. Uh, I what have I heard from like so many people? Something's wrong with the. Um, uh, is it the system? Um, oh, glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, there's a glitch in the Matrix. Like you know when like you, it's an off day. You know when you have those off days right. where it's like weird hmm. feeling, and you're like. Oh, it's a glitch. There's a glitch in the matrix. Um, <laughs> but no, like, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about these things and you think about, you know, just, you know, who controls the world? Like who, right. you know, 
I mean, they're, they can't, they can't like do, I don't know. It's just, there's just so many things that I think we're just unaware of. Mm -hmm. And, um, they can't just like wipe out humanity because humanity will come together. Uh, and you know what I mean? Here's the thing. They can and they are, but they're not doing it to where you can or, or people are going to rise up. They do it every day. Exactly. Process, process foods, uh, exactly. fast food. I mean, and, and, and not, not to sit here and sound like a hypocrite because I enjoy a nice hamburger from – like a fast food establishment. I'm, I'm just as guilty as every other human being on this planet. But, you know, I, I, I see it, you know, and like, you know, you got mm-hmm. all these sweets and all this, you know, because <clears throat> people aren't as healthy as they used to be. You, you know, our, we have a, a, a sedentary lifestyle. Uh, you know, kids, right. kids aren't playing outside as much these days. Mm-hmm. I know my son is, he's not going to sit inside the house. I didn't get to sit inside the house. He <laughs> don't get to sit inside the house. But, um, you know that that's the way they're that's the way they're getting us. It's it's more through com, through compliance and and being complacent in your life than it is right. like you know some dude on the TV saying you know do pulling a Logan's run. If you got a little jewel mm. in your hand and at thirty, it starts blinking and then you fly up into this weird looking thing. I don't understand what that was about. <laughs> and then you're dead. And then but then you got to run with the guy from uh, Austin Powers and get away or something. Once again, I, I don't get that either. But <clears throat> the point being is that it's it's not going to be like they're just going to straight shoot you in the street because they know like there's more of us and there are them and like right you know uh, and and the thing is like with this kind of stuff that we're talking about this is YouTube video two in the morning can't sleep <laughs> oh my god they're doing that and it's some guy with a creepy voice it's like next up we're gonna talk about how. Yeah. They- <laughs> the fluoride is mind control in no, the that's, water. That's Alex Jones. That's if you want to get real hyped up and angry. You listen to Alex Jones. He's like, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Alex, Jones. Alex Jones goes off. I mean, he goes off. He's a national treasure. That guy to me is like one of our na- one of our nation's treasures. That guy. <laughs> but like, it's always like the creepiest voice you've He's ever like, heard. The like, government will not tell you nothing. He's not wrong. It's the thing with Alex Jones is that he he makes salient points and like it makes sense but then he'll like start yelling about something you're like ah oh, you had me cuz you got to get the viewers you still got to pay right. the bills and, so. and i don't blame him he knows how to sell he knows how to market himself he knows how to sell himself like i said he was on the joe rogan podcast he was like you can choke me out choke me out joe you get 500,000 viewers right now just choke me out i'm like why do you want people to choke you out alex like i want to just step in and ask that question but you know population control i think has always been something that's been yeah, I think even back in the ancient world when, you know, people weren't as as uh, uh, populated you know, on the planet as they are today, you know, I think population control has always been something um, that's always been taken seriously. But then when you start, yeah. like, digging the hole for population control, you end up in some weird spaces, especially now with the Internet. You end up in some weird areas. You're like, ah, oh, this is a little much. But okay. – then you're kind of like, well, maybe it's a little, <laughs> a little bit true. <laughs> you start connecting. Just, yeah, it just, you know, like I, I, I just, I just think it just, it's so strategic. It's like you know, it's like this game of chess, and mm-hmm. and each 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 play is made so very carefully, you know, and. Everybody kind of, and I've been trying to tell my parents this for a long time. They thought I was crazy, but 
I was like, I was like, open your eyes, you know, like open your eye, see, like, see what's going on in the world, you know? And, and, you know, just kind of actually just have an open mind because you can't mm. be so closed minded that nothing is not going on. If you, I mean, I, I even go to the library and just go to like the conspiracy or like the UFO section and just find random books and read through them. Like, okay, let me see what they're talking about. And I usually know within like the first two chapters if the do if the if the author's off their rocker, because then I'm like, because uh, then they'll, they'll say stuff like it's the Luciferian agenda, this that and the third. I'm like, okay, while there are the 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 crazy like out there ones, Uh-oh. finding the middle of the road ones are fantastic. Like, there's been a couple that I have read by folks and i'm like yeah this makes a lot of sense uh jim mars uh rest in peace um he wrote a couple books about like uh how there was like a like they were trying to implement a fourth reich so to speak and he goes into detail about how nazis were were because they were they were brought over here by operation paperclip a lot of people aren't really familiar with that but they uh we took a lot of their brightest scientists werner von braun was a nazi and they brought him over to do uh to do rocket research because they had the v2s and the germans were highly advanced um and a lot of people say they got their their technology from the vril who were like a secret uh uh alien race that lived i think underground and they they uh, they kind of talked to the not or the germans and all this and that and the third but um but we brought a lot of their most brilliant scientists over without ever having to to go to trial or anything else and you know, I mean, so so we're not as squeaky clean as everybody would like to paint us. But, I mean, no nation is, especially mm-hmm. when you have a superpower. You're going to have some skeletons in your closet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, Definitely. So, you know, that after – I mean, I think is when we're kids, we don't think about the government. We don't, we're not like – you know, because we're taken care of and our family takes care of us. So we don't really think about it. But I think we all have sort of that eureka moment where we're like, wait a minute now. This isn't – what it seems the news is telling me one thing, but then when I research it, it's actually a complete different opposite. And I, and I won't go into the whole political spectrum on that because we, 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 we stay away from politics on the show. There's Mm -hmm. enough of it in the world and enough negativity going on. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I think the best part is to read books. Like, you know, um, I've read a couple books about propaganda and you see it. Like once you start reading about it and it's not even just propaganda in like a, a political arena, it'll be just like things of, Oh man, I I remember they did this. I don't know if they said this was true or not, but they were doing the, uh, it was like subliminal advertising for movie theaters where they would like flash Coke Mm -hmm. and and popcorn stuff. And people would supposedly get a crazy. I remember that. Um, I don't know what to what percentage of people actually fell for that or, or didn't or like, you know, I, I would have to see, you know, um, concession stand sales, you know, compared to a, a, a movie theater that didn't do that over like a time lapse. But um, I mean, to be fair, if I see popcorn and Coke in a movie theater, I'm going to get kind of thirsty and kind of like hungry for popcorn. I mean, I don't think it's subliminal. I think it's just like people like popcorn and stuff. Or, or I think it's more like it's so traditional because I'll buy the popcorn. I mean, I'm not going to get up in the movie and get it. I'll have already had it in in the seat because I enjoy salty popcorn. I'm not going to lie. It's delicious. And a little bit of Coke to wash it down. Sure. But <laughs> but does it work in a subliminal context? Because this uh-huh. was they were showing them during the movies. Like, I think in The Exorcist, they were showing commercials for Sprite. But it was like it was so quick that your conscious right. picked your subconscious picked it up. 
but your, you know, right. your everyday con or your whatever, whatever they would call that, your everyday conscience, I guess, couldn't pick it up as fast because it was so quick. It was like a, 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 a nanosecond. Like it was so quick, your mind couldn't read it, but your subconscious could. Which is did you guys? Did you guys see the videos like where they would play? Like they would play it, and then they would, for that split second, <clears throat> they'd pause it, and they'd it's show like on you that. Yeah, like on yeah. the subliminal message. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I mean, you know, part of me, you know, for some things, I mean, I could see how that could be an ethical dilemma in itself. If you start showing some other things, but which they have, which they, they had, they had proven to have shown some, some less than reputable things that we won't talk about that on the air. But, um, but if you're, if you're a company like Coke or if you're a company like, uh, whoever they get their popcorn from, I mean, that would be the ideal thing to do. You know, you you place it in the subconscious, and then people, you know, go for it, and they want to eat, and they want to drink, and, and all that. Um, but then, you know, how far does it go? You know, what else right. do you start putting in there? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your kids seeing? And I think that's what worries me the most is is, is the yep. kids. Not so much me. I mean, I'm old, so it is what it is. I'm old. You can't. You can't really have me buying anything. There's not really anything. <laughs> I've already bought it. You know what I mean? Like it, you can't you can't subconsciously flash me a picture of a donut because I'm already eating a donut because I, it's delicious. <laughs> I'm one step ahead of the game. <laughs> Take that subliminal messaging. <laughs> That's right. I'm already getting the diet. But no, it's you know I I. That's the thing that I worry most too is is you know especially for our kids. Cause I'll, I'll notice I'll, you know, um, there was this one show that my, my kids would watch and they would always be hungry. And it was because like, you know, it was the commercials and things like that they were playing. Right. And so I had to explain to them, like, you know, the reason why they keep, they keep showing these commercials is to make you hungry, mm-hmm. to make you hungry, to make you want mm-hmm. this toy, to do this, to mm-hmm. do that. And I'm like, you guys have to really kind of, you you know, you have to be really aware of what you're watching. And, you know, and that's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what, you know, especially what our kids are seeing, um, you know, with the whole Momo thing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yep. you know, and especially, you know, we got, we got four, we got a four year old kid, you know, kids that, that, you know, are seeing these kind of things at four years old so right it's it's tricky it's definitely tricky when we were all kids we didn't have anywhere near this technology like when when i was growing up my dad's first um he had a car phone a big brick thing that was huge it was like a it was the size of like a like a box of food or something with this gigantic antenna on it, and that's what the new thing was. It was Don Johnson. And then his, went, his dad was literally Don Johnson. And then it went to the it went to the the first flip phones, which were still like gigantic, and then the next flip phones and everything. So I I've seen how quick the technology yep. really has been. Yep. So mm. when my daughter as she grows, she's got a, a little tablet with little child's games on it we don't hook it up to the internet we just let her play what comes on it like puzzles and things like that because i don't want her having to go trolling the internet until she's old enough to figure out what kind of stuff you might run into (laughs) but um Mm -hmm. she watches streaming video and and all kinds of stuff most of her entertainment on for tv is just from streaming because we can kind of limit the commercials a little bit more and things like that 
But all this stuff that she's going to grow up that's just like, oh, yeah, we had this growing up, whatever, not a big deal. And I didn't even have cable growing up. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's a huge difference. And I, I kind of wonder, like, when she gets older and she's going to ask about certain stuff, if I'm going to be able to give her a satisfactory answer about it. It's just right. it's crazy how different it is. Right. And, and <sighs> the funny thing is, like, so I'm usually home during the day with my with my son and they'll play I don't watch TV because it's just to me it's 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 just a waste of time. I'd rather be doing something productive or not even maybe not doing anything productive just like like I like I told you earlier um when we when I text you that uh I'm just going to go goof off with my 3-year-old. That's exactly what I did all day. It was just goof off with my son. <laughs> it was it was, a, it was a great time. We just goofed off. Um but when I when I have watched TV during the day, it's geared toward stay-at-home moms is exactly what it's geared towards like go back to college or judge judy's on or this judge show. oh yes and i'm just like wow you guys could not be more like direct and then come like three o'clock about 2 30 when the kids got out of school the whole advertising shifts mm-hmm. it goes into like yep kid slash mom yep. because they still want to get that mom audience at this point because they know that the kids mm-hmm. are home but now they're like Check out this latest cool toy that has lights and lasers and will probably blow your house up. Wait, did we just say that? <laughs> yeah, it'll blow your house up. Tell your mom to buy it for you. And then, like, <laughs> the next commercial is like, are you having trouble getting those spots out of the floor? No more. <laughs> and then come 8 o'clock, it shifts into dad zone. Like, you know, hey, I needed a beer for the night. Where did I go? I got a Heineken out of the fridge. And you're like... This is it's it's just like you can tell that the demographic. Are you tired of shaving? We can send you razors in the mail and beef jerky. Anything you want, we'll send you in the mail. Wait a minute, they can send razors and beef jerky. Oh, I don't know why I'm doing what about this show with you guys when I can jerky. watch oh, I can man. watch commercials about razors and beef jerky. My two favorite things. And, yeah, get oh. the man box. See, it's and called the man box. There's so many of those nowadays too. There's so many like, like. Uh, like the 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 fruit box like every month you get fruit i'm like why would you want a month of fruit in a box like i'm i eat fruit like in a week like i don't i don't need a box of it i don't want a bunch of random right. fruit like how did you how do you keep it what are you spraying on it you know what i mean or like like you said like the man box or like does your dad need something for father's day which is coming up Get him the dad box. We got all kinds yeah. of custom things in the. Dad Sign him box. up for a subscription that he has to pay for perpetually for the next twelve years. <laughs> that's the great exactly. gift, right? Happy Father's gift. Day. It's, all, it's only Happy Father's Day. <laughs> First month is free, then it's all on you, buddy. Yeah, Dad. <laughs> we love and, you, Dad. <laughs> and see what what I what I've noticed like studying historical trends and studying like ancient civilizations. When societies get to a point where they're evolving or they're moving too fast, disaster is eminent. And then it sets sets civilization as a whole back, you know, maybe not like us going back to the Amish times, but like it would send us back enough. And I think while while I I don't want to Mm -hmm. see like a bunch of lives being lost, that would be horrible. But I think yeah. that that's what civilization needs is a reset button. You know, I listened to to my grandparents 
talk or I listen to my grandfather talk about like how it was when he was growing up, you know, and they didn't, they had the little like that big, huge entertainment center, but a TV that was no bigger than the size of like a brick, you know, and you had to get mm-hmm. together and watch it or you listen to the radio and, and pretend like it was a TV. Um, and you know, while life was a lot harder back then, cause you really had to work, you know, you had to bust your, you know, what day in mm-hmm. and day out, you know, you had to live off the land mm-hmm. You know, you had to, uh, you know, people, people would get their milk and their ice from people would drop like a block of ice off. And, and that's how you kept your, your food and stuff cold. Like you didn't have a refrigerator. A lot of people didn't have right. electricity. We've only really seen a big boon in technology in like the past, maybe couple hundred years and be one to 100, 100 years, 200 years. So, you know, it, it, it kind of scares me when, you know, when I, when I think of my son, because information and, and technology is, is, is readily available. And I think, I don't think that's a good thing. Honestly, I don't think it's something that, that's, I don't that's think it's, I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing either. You know, I've, I've asked my sons, I, you know, I've said, I said, Ryan and Brody, like, when was your, the happiest times, you know, when we've been together and they'll say the happiest times when we were together is when, you know, I was a single mom and we were living in an apartment uh, we have no cable, so we didn't watch TV. We didn't have Xbox. We didn't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they played outside a lot. And um, we were interactive, and we played games. And and they will tell you to this day, like, that, those were the funnest times. Because, you know, they're so – and they even acknowledge it. Like, you know, they're so consumed with, with – with, I don't know what – society wants them to be especially at you know my son just turned 13 my oldest and and you know they have to you know they have to do these youtube videos they you know in order to be cool or whatever it may be right and i'm like no you don't you don't have to you don't have to do any of that you know or they're constantly on on their phones and i'm like hey get off your phone Mm -hmm. you know have a conversation you need to learn how to have a conversation with with somebody Right. And, you know, so it, it does, it scares me because, you know, we grew up where we played outside and we oh, yeah. worked really, really hard mm-hmm. for everything that we have. And, and, you know, and they're not learning these, these skills, especially you know, that's, that's not being, yeah, especially social skills. They, right. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's like, it's uncomfortable for them to not get their phone out and it's, it's disturbing when you see someone so like I'll go into a doctor's office. I'll just sit there and everybody's just got their, everybody has their phone out mm-hmm. and nobody's saying anything. And I'm like, and people just get so uncomfortable. Well, that's because they're not, they're not used to, to, to human interaction. I'm, I'm, I'm an outgoing person. You know, that's why I sent you that message like, hey, do you want to be on the show? Because I've always firmly believed if you want something or if you want to make something happen, go make it happen. What's the word? I mean, the worst right. thing you could have told me was was I don't really want I don't want to do that. And, you know, I would have been like, cool, keep it moving, because I, I firmly believe if you want something, go out there and get it. Go out there and make it happen. And I worry that kids exactly. don't have that same drive in terms of social interaction, because, you know, you know, Spider and I, we're in, we're in a business where social interaction is paramount. Like that's the, mm. that's why when we bring guests on, we make sure they feel welcome. We don't have a, a script. Okay. So, uh, 
Elena, this is what I need you to do. I need you to, we're going to ask you these 10 questions. I need you to stick the script. Do not deviate. This is how it's going to be. No. When, when you come on the show or when we've had Craig on the show, it's a real relaxed atmosphere. You can be yourself. You don't have to put on airs. Um, you don't have to be somebody you're not. And I'm not saying you do that. I'm just saying like, you know, for the show, you don't have to do any of that. You know, you can just be yourself. Right. And, and I feel like that's the way I was raised, you know, you know, meeting people and, and being out there. And yeah, there's, there was people always say, Oh man, the, it's so much worse than it, than it used to be. No, nah, you just, people were just more cautious. Kids were more cautious. Hey, you know, I'm not going to get into a car with a stranger. Now people will call the stranger to come pick them up. And then they take rides with strangers. Like it's a taxi. I know. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I think we've lost a step while we've gained a yes. step in technology. And it's nice to like, I, I love to be able to pick up my phone and say, okay, who's that Who's that actor in that old black and white movie I watched last night? And then I can be like, cool. Oh, they got another movie out. Awesome. But at the same time, <clears throat> it also gives kids a reason to not have to uh, engage socially. They can just be like, oh, I'll be on the phone. You know, my son won't do that. He, he, will, he will learn the hard <laughs> way. You know, you want to you wanna be a knucklehead. Okay. You know, I don't. I don't want him to be glued to the TV. I want him to be outside because yeah. I love being outside. You know, I'm from Ohio. We don't get to be outside very often. That's not something we get to. That's not a luxury we get to enjoy very often. So being right. outside, like <laughs> I couldn't go outside today, and I'm like, man, I'm looking outside. Like, how dare you, June? You're June. You're supposed to be like almost. You're, you're supposed to get to a point where you're humid, where I'm getting annoyed at the heat, but at the same time, I'm thankful. But it's cold. Right. I'm looking. I'm like, it's wet. It's cold. I'm like, come on, man. Like, and my son wants to go outside. He, he told me today. He goes, he's like, Daddy, can we go outside and ride bikes? I'm like, no, it's just gonna rain here in about five minutes. Sure enough, <laughs> rain. Yep. I'm like, come on, man. That is that is. I know this this weather has been just bizarre. And that's a whole another thing we but, can get into is weather modification. Whole other concern. Yes. That's for another show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We only got about uh, a well, few minutes is. left, so we're going to start wrapping up here. Um, before we uh, before we cut off for the night, um, is there anything else upcoming? And we know you're 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 part of the crumbs, right? You're you're part of the cast for the crumbs, Lana. Yeah, I play a supporting um, role. Okay. And um, then um, I've got my next upcoming. Thing that I'm going to be preparing for is called The Bench, uh, which is going to be a feature film and a TV series. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else and you want to tell us or, or tell anybody out in the audience or any super extra projects you got under wraps that you that you want to talk about right at the very end here? Um, Just, you know what? I just want to just tell everybody thank you. Thank you for all your guys' support. Um, you know, especially with the evil down the street, super, I'm, I'm extremely proud of, of David and Craig and, and I know that there's been, you know, good reviews and there's been horrible reviews and that's just the name of the game. But you know what, that the evil down the street was their, their very first film. (laughs) And you know what, I'm just, I'm just so proud for CRA and what they're doing and, you know what I mean? It could only get better. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just thankful for CRA and I'm thankful for Craig and I'm thankful for David for, for giving me the opportunity. And um, yeah. And just, you know, everybody that's just been supporting us. It's been great. 
Excellent. Good job. Um, so, well, thank you for being on the show. Um, it was definitely Thanks a pleasure having, having you here. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of good times, <laughs> a lot of good serious stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. Definitely. Uh, thank you very much. Like this, this was an honor for us to have you on. I was really hyped up about this. I'm like, oh, okay. Cause, cause you're one of our, uh, you're our first solo female guest we've had. Uh, we had that's true. Like that's I said, true. We setting had Kevin, a record. Yeah, Kevin and Jennifer Malik. We had those, they they were a married couple that was on. They were talking about um, their their uh, their their ghost hunting adventures and the kind of stuff that they're into, which was really cool. I definitely recommend anybody to go check out that episode. But yeah, you're our first uh, female only to be on the show, which we are, which is really awesome. It's definitely definitely awesome to have you on. We definitely look forward to seeing the crumbs and, and watching whatever future projects you have in store. Uh, if you would like oh. to come back on after the crumbs and we could have another discussion and we could talk about more pranking that you seem to be very well versed in, <laughs> oddly enough, we would definitely love to have you back. Well, we could, we'll talk about, we'll talk about another subject, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely I would love to be back on your guys' show and, and thank you. It was such an honor, you know, to be able to talk to you guys and have fun and have some good laughs. Um, thank you so much. Well, folks, that is all for us for this evening. We hope you enjoyed our show. Next week, we will have David Espinosa on, which is guaranteed to be another great show. For myself, Spider, and our guest, Elena Gerard, have a wonderful night. And remember, why be boring when you can be uncanny? Good night. That's right. Everybody have a good night. Good night.